You are listening to Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast with host Maria Nadipov, helping step parents transform family chaos into meaningful and harmonious co parenting. Hi, step parents, Maria here. I am so excited to bring to you this week's episode. It is an interview with the incredible Tamara Ashley, who specializes in treating PTSD through RRT, which if you've been listening to the show, then you know that I'm an enormous supporter of RRT and I'm a fellow practitioner. And we're talking about how to make sense of catastrophic events and not only the enormity of the events that we've all been kind of living through recently that seem to be, you know, piling up to be fair, but also some more common catastrophic events like maybe having a loved one be suffering from an illness or possibly nearing the end of their life or going through a divorce, you know, events that really just take the wind out of your sails. And I have a feeling that if you are listening consistently to this podcast, then you're probably like me. I would venture to guess that you are a sensitive soul and therefore you feel all of this at a level where it just feels like it's more weight maybe more than some others that you know. It's just that much harder to get up and go and move on with your day. And I'm so excited for this conversation because at the end of it, I really felt uplifted. And I believe strongly that it's going to have the same result for you. So I just can't wait to go ahead and get started and share this episode with you. But first, I'd love to properly introduce our guest, Tamara Ashley. She is a licensed professional counselor with a private practice in Atlanta, Georgia. She's been using rapid resolution therapy since she began training with Dr. John Connolly in 2009 and over the past 11 years has continued to benefit from his teaching and mentorship. She's also had the opportunity to provide training and support for RRT practitioners over the years through the Institute for Rapid Resolution Therapy. RRT has been life-changing for her personally and professionally, and it has been such a pleasure to hear the same from her clients. She specializes in RRT to address trauma, PTSD, grief, guilt, anxiety, panic attacks, and phobias, and she works with rape survivors, veterans, first responders, and clients with trauma from childhood abuse, domestic violence, physical or sexual abuse, car accidents, natural disasters, war, and other forms of violence. And as a former doula, she also uses RRT to address concerns during pregnancy or postpartum, including fears, anxiety, guilt, and trauma from difficult birth experiences. She holds a master's degree in professional counseling from Georgia State University and a bachelor of arts degree from St. John's College in Annapolis, Maryland. And of course, we will include links to Tamara in the show notes. And without further ado, here you go. Hi, Tamara. How are you? It's so great to have you with us. We're so excited to be speaking with you. Thank you. It's good to be here. Welcome. And um, let's just dive right in. So I know that you are a master's level counselor and you have so much experience helping all sorts of folks dealing with varying degrees of trauma and, um, and you have an unbelievable success rate doing so. And I know from personal experience, I think it would be wonderful to address, um, some of the crazy things that we're living through these days. (laughs) 
<laughs> I know that to some degree we've touched on it, but it just seems like more and more things are coming out of the woodwork. For example, war on top of a pandemic. But in yeah. reality, we also have more probably what some might call common events um, that can be just as they can feel just as catastrophic. For example, divorce or dealing with, you know, a loved one sort of being at the end of their, their life journey. Um, and, and those kinds of things that just take more, they just take more of us and take longer. And, um, there's sort of a, a larger process, I would say involved in actually coming to terms with it. So mm-hmm. I would love for you to speak to how does one go about making sense of it and walking through that path towards starting to get to the other, the other side. And obviously I know it's a process. I know it's a journey. That's not to belittle it and say that it can happen quickly, but could you speak to, to that? And, and also maybe in order to help our listeners identify if that might be going on for them, because sometimes I think we could be so busy going through the motions that we might not be aware because there's just so many distractions and so many asks of us every single day. Could you also help to identify what some of those things can look like so that maybe somebody could be like, oh, wow, I didn't even realize, but yeah, that's happening for me right now. This is actually going on and, and I need to slow down and I need to take on some of these suggestions you're going to give us in a moment. Absolutely. I mean, obviously there are times when there's something going on where we're very much aware that this is what's impacting us, but I certainly talk to a lot of people who will come and tell me something like I've been feeling a lot of anxiety, not sleeping well, depressed. I don't know what's wrong with me. Why am I feeling this way? But when you ask a few questions, it's like, I have a parent who's extremely ill, possibly nearing the end of life. I have a, a child who is struggling either socially or with school or mental health. And then there could be a lot of other things. I mean, we hear about things in the news. I mean, obviously there are things that are disturbing for anybody to hear or read about, but then if it's something that you have a personal connection to, whether it's somebody with a history of sexual abuse or violence, hearing about things in the news, as there have been Um, whether it's about certainly war kinds of things that can be kind of personal. And so, yeah, your question, how do we navigate that? How do we, how do we deal with it? Well, one is recognizing it obviously. Um, And then the other thing that I just encourage everyone to do is I'm a, a counselor, but with all that I know about mental health and how we can help ourselves, there are times when I need to go talk to someone because we can't always be that for ourselves, even those of us with those skills. So please do not think that you're supposed to figure it out on your own (laughs) so that there's that. Thank you so much for pointing that out. I think that's so important. And I think I know personally, and I've spoken to other coaches and other professionals who do this work and work around mental health and mental wellness. And it can be so easy to get lost in that trap thinking that, well, I have the skills. I need to be able to figure this out. I should be in (laughs) in trouble. And I think also more, more so even uh, those outside of the community look at us that way. It's that misconception that 
oh, that they don't need anybody. They already know everything there is. They, they're full of skills. And yes, we are, but <laughs> it's so important that all of us need, I think, that objectivity, number one. Number two, just somebody in your corner to hold space for you and right. hold you or me. <laughs> and it's so common to just have these things that are bigger than us and they cloud our judgment, or maybe we just all need some clearing, which is what I think you were alluding to. And so yeah. recognizing that, yes, even if we have these amazing skills and we can do that for others, doing it for yourself is a whole different ball game. Exactly. And most importantly, we don't need to have that pressure of having to do it ourselves. Asking for help is such a critical component. And we've talked about that a little bit on the show before and how important it is to be able to reach out and ask for help from yeah. whoever that is that feels like a good resource or just feels like a kind soul or a shoulder yeah. or an ear, what have you. So yeah, thank you so much for pointing that out. And I also want to say as a parent, I know a lot of us tend to put our needs kind of low on the list <laughs> and feel like we need to do for our families. And I know this is a cliche, everybody knows it, but really just remembering that taking care of yourself is necessary in order to be able to be there for your family, that it's it's not just for you, it's for them, for you to be doing okay. So it's, it's not sort of an extra. <laughs> right. No, you're so right. It's a vital must have. And yeah, we've mentioned that on the show before too. I, I love that you're underscoring this <laughs> really important, necessary aspect. So I think we were chatting, you were saying what kinds of things you hear sometimes from people that they are concerned about with regard to their loved ones or things that are going on for them. If someone, and we talked about, of course, just now, you know, recognizing that there is something that is consuming us and sort of getting in the way, maybe a little bit more invasively than other things tend to, what kinds of things do you notice that people have commonly that, you know, if somebody isn't recognizing it, how could they identify, oh yeah, wow, this, this is becoming a bit more of an issue rather than just oh, I've been a little bit worried about X, Y, Z. How do we know when it's crossed that line into it's time to get some help for this? Yeah. Well, recognizing that you need to get some help doesn't necessarily come along with recognizing why. <laughs> Oftentimes we think, okay, I'm handling this. Yes, I have a lot of responsibilities. I'm dealing with this family member, this situation. And it seems like you're supposed to be handling it well. And you tell yourself that you are until you're not. <laughs> and sometimes the recognition that, you know, I'm just not feeling good. I'm feeling irritable. I'm feeling tired. I, I'm not getting enjoyment out of things. I just feel worn down. And that brings along a lack of flexibility, a lack of creativity. When you just feel run down, you might not necessarily connect it with all the stuff that you've been thinking of as just normal parts of your life, but that's okay. Because if you go to talk to someone, sometimes you don't even need the other person to point out, well, you know, you're dealing with these things. Maybe that's why sometimes just saying it out loud, you hear yourself say it mm -hmm. and you yeah. can realize, okay. <laughs> so what I'm hearing you say is ultimately it comes down to tuning in because right. just in order to notice those subtle changes, one has to have a certain level of awareness of their baselines 
everything's relative. And also in reality, because we're so unique as individuals, what can be really invasive and disturbing, if you will, to one person, somebody else will have a completely different tolerance for it. And it it is such a good point. Yes. (laughs) Yes. So, so that's awesome to highlight because that concept of tuning in is another one that has come up a lot and it's exciting in a way to point out that it, it can seem like such a simple thing that can easily fall off the radar or like, oh, I don't need to do that. It's not a big deal. That's so silly. But actually it's sort of the basis of everything else. It's, it's the basis of us being at our optimal and recognizing what our body needs, mm-hmm. be it physical or emotional or you know, some other, some other thing (laughs) that we're yearning for or needing in that moment. And in order to be able to respond to those needs, we first have to notice them, which requires us to just have a general awareness on a pretty regular basis. So sort of connection to ourselves, whatever that looks like, right. Whatever our processes for that is pretty important on a regular basis too. Would you agree? I definitely agree with that. Yes. And I like what you said a moment ago about for different people, the same life experience can impact them so differently. And so the tuning in matters a lot because you can't assume. And our culture also tells us that you just need to be strong and muscle through. There's a lot of that. And so it can feel like pausing to look in within and see how you're doing almost as inviting trouble. Almost like, well, you're opening the door. And if you really look at that stuff, then you're going to fall apart and not be able to handle your life. But really, if there's stuff under the surface that you've got kind of pushed away, it's not that it's not impacting you. (laughs) It is impacting you. And there's no way to get it into a better place other than shining light on it. So yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. So once somebody has noticed, could you tell us a little bit? I mean, I know that we've heard about the stages. But what would you say maybe are surprising things about that journey towards healing or accepting um, or moving forward with some of these bigger events that, you know, like you said, maybe somebody was sexually assaulted, maybe it's divorce, maybe it's a loved one is dying or has passed. Maybe it's some world event that just feels really overwhelming. There's so much uncertainty, so many questions, and it's just difficult to cope. What does that look like for people as they move through that? Or what would you say are there successful tips or, you know, things that maybe we, we don't often hear of or think about? Um, sure. So it's a big question. There could be a lot of answers. One thing that comes to mind is that it's very common for people to get stuck. And there are a lot of ways to get stuck. And one of those ways is the sort of natural impulse to think about how we don't want to be thinking, feeling, (laughs) reacting, and then to try really hard to not do those things. (laughs) Yes. Um, Yeah. Which is impossible (laughs) because we can't not do a thing. We can only do another thing. (laughs) It's impossible. And our unconscious doesn't really understand when we're thinking about what it is that we don't want, doesn't know what to do with us. So that's one thing that can help. You can't just decide to not feel it. So talking to other people, getting a different perspective. And then the other thing is connection. Whatever it is we're trying to shift or figure out or heal within ourselves, it's so much easier to do it within connection with another person. Connection helps. It helps stave off 
despair. It creates an atmosphere that's much more conducive to healing. So whether that's a conversation with a loved one, with a friend, with a mental health helper of some kind, anybody that when you talk to them, you feel uplifted as opposed to pulled down. (laughs) Yes. Absolutely. You're spot on. Exactly. We're wired for connection. So I can definitely see how that would be a huge healing moment in and of itself, (laughs) just being seen and being heard. It's such a vital need for us. How can parents and step-parents talk to their kids and (laughs) stepkids about this? Because Mm -hmm. inevitably they're touched by it. Also an aspect of this is there are going to be uncomfortable things that happen, whether they're painful or scary or what have you. And that's part of the reality of life. So in a sense, the sooner that we can help them to adapt to that and be able to work through that, almost sit with it, if you will, the better off they'll be as far as being resilient and starting to learn that at an earlier age, I think is really helpful because again, inevitably things happen and the more that we realize, okay, but it's not an actual threat. It doesn't necessarily mean we're going to die. We can, we can work through this. It'll be okay. We will figure it out. I think that's really important because with anxiety on the rise and depression on the rise, it seems like that is a really critical piece of that equation. Yeah, that's my take. (laughs) Yeah, definitely. There's a balance between, um, dipping into the painful feelings, mm-hmm. you know, but not staying stuck in them yeah. and moving towards, okay, what, what can we do to make the world better either around this exact issue or, you know, in some other way, what can I do for myself or others? Um, and not having it be just the positive, you know what I mean? Yes. So, as so- yes, the perspective, I so agree with you. The perspective is so important and creating space to feel the feelings and acknowledge and, but not be consumed by it and recognize that there's more to life. And also that we each have a purpose and there's more that we're meant to do. So to your point earlier, self-care is a critical necessity. It's not a nice to have. Exactly. So the more (laughs) well we are, the more creative we could be towards those solutions or the more, more we might be able to help in varying ways, or the more good we would be able to do, what have you, however we want to think about it. And just remember, I mean, sometimes there's specifically good you can do around the issue in question. If you're feeling better, more capable of doing that. But sometimes there's just literally nothing you can do about the thing that's been troubling. Um, And then the thing that you can do is to do what's possible elsewhere. Right. That's exactly what I was thinking too. And I'm so glad that you clarified that because I don't think I did, (laughs) but yeah, good is just good. So the more uh, good that we put into the world, whatever that is, then that's a positive thing. And it's perfectly fine to say, well, this feels good to me. And I would like to do this because it feels good to me because others that are probably feeling the same way. And they're going to be really appreciative that you are either showing the way by doing it, or you're creating space for them to be a part of whatever you are doing as well. Yes. I I think that's a really good point that doing good, trying to make things better somewhere in some way, there's nothing wrong. In fact, it's a good thing to focus those energies in areas that make you feel good. Absolutely. Exactly. That's 
Fantastic. Hmm. Well, I've loved this conversation. I think it's been so valuable to get your insights and just to explore with you things that feel unpleasant most of the time. And I'm actually feeling really uplifted after this conversation. Any final thoughts that you'd like to share? If I'm going to stress one thing, it's that you are not being selfish when you take care of yourself. It's the opposite of that. It's not, you're not taking away from your family when you do something that seems like it's just for you. It's selfless to take care of yourself because not only are you feeling better, which means you are less irritable, less, uh, (laughs) less hot-headed, more patient, more loving, and you just have more grounded, nurturing energy and are able to make better decisions because you're clear headed, but also all of that then benefits everybody else as well, because as you are interacting with them and doing things for them, Mm -hmm. all of that goodness is flowing their way also, and hopefully positively impacting their days and their lives. And and it all has a big ripple. ripple. Yes. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) Beautiful. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much, Tamara. It was such a pleasure to talk to you. And like you said, I, yeah, I almost didn't expect to feel <laughs> this uplifted and this good after this conversation, but this is awesome. It's my do too. So connection, <laughs> right? <laughs> yes, exactly. Right. Beautiful example. <laughs> I hope that you enjoyed this conversation with Tamara Ashley and I hope that you came out of it feeling just as uplifted as I did. Just to recap what we touched on, we talked about how to make sense of catastrophic events, signs to look for that you need some help, how to talk about this with your stepchildren, when and how to ask for help, and how to heal through difficult life events. Again, I am so grateful that you joined me. Please go ahead and give us a like and write a comment uh, reviewing us on on iTunes. You can look at that for how to do that um, in the show notes. And please go ahead and share this episode if you found it helpful with anybody that you know who might be struggling right now and who's also a sensitive soul and is just having a really difficult time making sense of everything going on in the world that we're living through or just going through a difficult time personally. I would really appreciate it. I appreciate you for tuning in, friend. And until next time, be well. Thanks for tuning into Synergistic Step Parenting Podcast. Please subscribe to this podcast on your favorite streaming platform so you don't miss a thing. If you like what you hear and you find the information helpful, please rate us five stars and leave a review letting us know what you like about the show on Apple Podcast. Don't know how? Don't worry. We'll include instructions in the show notes. And if you know of other step parents who can benefit from hearing this episode, please share it with them. John Swain did our theme music. Thanks, John. Thanks, John.